0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 539, recorded on July 21st, 2022. home gadget geeks we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home news reviews product updates and conversation and a lot of conversation tonight all for the average tech guy i'm your host jim collison broadcasting live from the average guy.tv studios here in a stormy i got the weather radar up and threatening thunderstorms again here in the midwest but i think we'll be okay during the show of course we post a show with world-class show notes and there'll be a few out there tonight for this one out at the average guy.tv big thanks to ed sullivan who joined us Last week, a big conversation uh, around e-bikes and some of those, uh, some of those bike technologies, cycling technologies, Garmin versus Peloton and e-bikes. Appreciate, Ed, you and you coming out uh, last week to do that and uh, and appreciate the conversation. If you haven't listened to it, go back 538. Karn Jaju is our host today. He is a domain expert. And if you're wondering what that is, we'll find out here in a second, but Karn, thanks for coming out and joining us on Home Gadget Geeks. Great to have you this evening. Great to be here. Give us um, give us a little bit of background, like who, what one, where you live
1: wh- wh-
0: today, what you do, your role, your position. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, um, so I live in Dubai. Um, I've been here for about a year, and uh, prior to this, I was in Mumbai, India. Um, I, I I was born and raised uh, in India. Lived in a few different parts. Um. And I've been working with Radix. Uh, it's a it's a company that owns domain extensions. So we are a registry. Um, and a lot of you folks might be familiar with the registrar, uh, the likes of GoDaddy and Namecheap, and so on. So they are the ones who actually retail and sell domain names. But a registry is the company that owns the domain extension itself. So again, people are not usually familiar with that side of the business. Um, but yeah, there is somebody who owns and operates that extension, and you know, then there is an entire value chain uh, of registrars and resellers and so on. Uh, so Radix is a registry that owns and operates ten new domain extensions. Uh, and we'll come to you know what new domain extensions are and uh, some of the ones that we own and operate. Um, but yeah, we are the we are the biggest new domain registry. So there were a lot of new domain extensions that launched. Um, they were announced in 2012 by ICANN. ICANN is this uh, non-government, non-profit uh, organization, uh, stands for Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. And they are responsible for, you know, Internet Protocol, uh, Space Allocation, uh, DNS, which is Domain Name System Management, and so on. So um, they allowed private players to apply for uh, new extensions. So, you know, we've, uh, for almost 30 plus years, we have only had a .com and .net and, and so on. Those are all legacy extensions. And then you have country code extensions like .us or .in or IT.de. .de. Uh, and then there were some new generic extensions that also came into being like a .pro. Um, and then there's a whole lot of extensions which one might think um, mean something else because they were repurposed. Uh, you know, like a .co or a .ai or a .io, because they take on a whole new meaning in the context of technology, but they are also a CCTAD, so they are also country code extension, extension for some small, you know, region or country. Uh, uh, but they've just been repurposed um, mm-hmm. as a new extension. And new domain extensions, um, um, there's more than a thousand of them, um, were... Um, um, conceived in 2012. And like I said, private companies were allowed to apply for them. So you have all sorts of organizations from uh, Amazon, Google, uh, to private companies like ours that applied for one or more such extensions. Um, um, So yeah, there's an interesting process, uh, how you actually end up getting those and how those are awarded and uh, how how you become eligible for those. Um, But so we were successfully able to own uh, 10 such extensions and we operate them and so we are in the business of um uh, uh, yeah uh, you know making sure people um increasing awareness for these extensions increasing adoption of these extensions and ultimately you know operating them
0: yeah Karn, the, the the you said you know t- 10 12 years ago i i remember this when they were like hey they made a big deal about it we're going to start offering these new extensions and i thought there would just be this gigantic explosion of new things and it just didn't happen for the most part. You know, it's, it's kind of been a slow rolling and it's, it's successful now. I have kind of looked at the numbers of the revenue numbers of what those extensions are starting to bring in. Why do you think 10 years ago it was such a slow adoption? Was it because people only really knew .com, new .org, new .net, those kinds of things? Why, why, why do you think it took so long for the adoption to get, to kind of take off?
1: Yeah, uh, like you said, I mean, uh, the people are familiar with uh, a dot-com and a dot-net, which have been around for more than 30 years. They're very ubiquitous. Uh, it's very difficult for a new entrant to sort of make a dent when the incumbent has just been so prevalent and been around for so long. Uh, but that's just one of the reasons. You know, it's, it's changing that mindset and, and awareness. Uh, that's obviously one of the big challenges. Uh, but when I said it started in 2012, it wasn't until a few years later that the extensions actually became live. And many of them still haven't launched yet. So uh, it was actually sort of a slow process and they didn't all launch together. So our first extensions um, launched in 2014. Uh, that's when I joined the company, uh, coincidentally. Uh, so dot .website uh, was the first extension that we launched. Um, and the most extent, the most recent one that we launched wasn't until a couple of years back, around 2018, 2019. So uh, you're completely right. There's been more than a thousand of them. Uh, not all of them are meant for everyone. So almost five hundred of them are actually owned by brands themselves. So there is a .dot audi or there is a .dot uh, A lot of banks have their own .dot you know brand, um, and those are supposed to be. Uh, not accessed or used uh, or at least owned by uh, anybody aside from the brand itself you know it just provides the brand a lot more control over what they do with it um so you know you can have uh you know like a dot um dot geeks uh for example if if geeks is your brand um and then you know you can have a lot of different domains within dot geeks but those are all owned by just you as an entity and you might not offer it to others uh, um, to own and operate them. So Google, for example, has .google, which they use for themselves. But then they also own a lot of other extensions, um, like .new or .soy. Uh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of them. So, uh, so I think it's a mix. Um, uh, fortunately, we actually own a very interesting mix of uh, what we consider as very generic extensions. So, like a .online, which like everybody understands. You know, if you're online and you know you're using a .online. Or a .dot site, uh, you know, which literally just means a, a website. So we own both the .dot website and .dot site, and then certain industry-specific extensions uh, like .dot tech, which is for the tech industry, or .dot store, which is for e-commerce, um, .dot space. So, um, so yeah, the adoption curves have been very different depending on what the extension is, how it's been marketed, who owns it, you know, what do they intend to do with it, and so on and so forth.
0: He, when When you think about creating your own extension, you want to go after this certainly I'm not going to go daddy or hover and buying you know I'm, i just don't go yeah. buy it and i and I thought I remember that these are very expensive to to set up and to purchase get to own it. What is it costing these days to get that to kind of get ownership of that of that dot store or the dot online
1: yeah yeah, so when can ruled out or invited applicants for this, um, I believe just the application fee was around $185,000. So just to be able to apply to own one of these with no guarantee of you actually eventually owning it, you still have to shell out that amount. Um, and this fee might actually go up in, in future rounds. So there was a round that happened then, and then they might do another round some years from now, depending on uh, you know the needs and feedback from people and users and registries and restaurants. Um, and applying for an extension doesn't mean that you are assured of getting it. So if there are multiple applicants for the same extension, and unless an applicant has, uh, say, like a trademark over an extension that supersedes any other you know region's need for that. Um, you know, then it's fair game for multiple entities to apply for it, and then it goes into an auction. So, for the first time, uh, you know, there's there's um, there were certain auctions designed wherein uh, there were public auctions, private auctions, but um, eventually uh, you had to outbid others uh, in order to uh, own the rights to that extension. And not every time did a did the company actually end up getting the extension they applied for. Uh, for example, Amazon uh, had a very hard time. I'm, I'm not sure if they still have it, but they they never got hold of dot Amazon, even though they own a whole lot of other extensions, because Amazon is also a region and they have yeah. certain rights over that name. Yeah. Uh, it was the same case with a lot of other ones, like dot uh, dot Mumbai. I believe uh, uh, you know there was a private company interested in applying for that, but then you know because it's also a city, so the city gets gets the yeah. first precedence over owning it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, so yeah, but for the generic extension, something like a dot .online or a .dot .store, if there are five companies or 10 companies that have applied for it, then they eventually, they can either settle it among themselves or ICANN helps facilitate an auction and then, you know, it's a Dutch auction. So I believe the second highest bid eventually wins it. Mm. Um, the highest that any extension is sold for, uh, I believe was over $100 million actually, wow. uh, .dot .web which hasn't gone live. Uh, .web is owned by the same entity that owns .com. Uh, it's a publicly listed company called Verisign. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even we have had to outbid some really big companies in order to yeah. get some of our extensions. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I would think when I saw Dot .store, I thought that yeah. would be, I mean, some of these I've seen, you know, you're kind of like, uh, <laughs> okay, that yeah. you spent a lot of money. I'm not sure. Dot .store seemed to make sense. When I was reading some of the materials as I was prepping for the interview today. Um, there, there's also been this thought of, you know, because all the good.com stuff was gone a while ago. So now you can kind of get your brand uh, it with a new, yeah, with a new extension. But there's also been some talk of, of, of maybe a quicker turnaround on some of these, you know, in other words, people paying more of a leasing fee than an owning fee, right, for, for some of these domains. So as we think about like .dot store, how does that? If I want a .dot store, do I do I follow normal? You know, like I'm a Hover customer. Do I just go through them to get it? And then and it's you guys price it. Tell me a little bit about how that works.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the exact same as buying um, any other extension like a .dot com or a .dot us. You can go on Hover. Uh, in our case, there's almost 200 registrars or resellers that actually sell our domain. So you can, any reseller or registrar that you're familiar with is likely to offer all of our top extensions uh, across, the G, across all geos. Um, and, and you're right, to some extent, it is sort of like, a, a, you know, as long as you keep paying the renewal, you are going to own, um, you're going to retain the ownership of that name. Uh, if you fail to pay, which happens more often than you would you would think, um, and every day there are thousands of domains that .dot com, there's an entire aftermarket, uh, you know, based out of this uh, activity. Um, but it's the same as owning a .dot com. You know, if you don't pay the renewal fee, um, you know, you get certain time, then you get a certain grace period, but then eventually the domain gets deleted, becomes available again in the market, and somebody else can come and grab it. So it's the same for a .dot store as it is for a .dot com. The fee may vary some extensions can cost a lot more um like when I say the fee, I'm talking about buying at the primary market, so the hand registration you know might be ten dollars for a dot com might be five dollars for a dot online might be twenty five dollars for a dot store uh, might be eighty dollars for a dot i o so that might vary uh, and then of course, aftermarket is a completely different ball game,
0: yeah, those <laughs> that's always a little scary. I've gone into. Yeah you know, look, Hey, I wonder if this is available. You look it up. Oh, you can, you know, you can yeah. buy this from somebody. Um, so I have the Average averageguy.tv. That TV uh, extension was one of those. That's a country extension that has kind of been repurposed. That country's actually probably made a lot of money off that TV <laughs> extension, yeah. right? And, in and owning that. But if I wanted to get the Average averageguy.store, uh, Hover is running a sale, right? That first yeah. year is always going to be a special price. And then, it would be a, it looks like it's about $65 a year after that. Not bad. That's yeah. one of the more expensive ones. Dart, dot art is available. That'd be 20. Dot me, which I used to have. I have, this mm-hmm. used to have the average guy. uh 20 bucks. Uh, there's a dot shop and a dot IO. And and did you say you guys own dot tech as well? Yeah. So dot tech is available and dot site is available. 50 yeah. for dot tech, 33 for dot site. So fairly reasonable when you think about owning a property, especially like a store or a shop, where you're going to be doing e-commerce through it.
1: Yeah.
0: 60 dollars at the that's the the high end. Thirty or twenty at the low end. Pretty, still pretty. So I can still get into these pretty reasonably, right?
1: That's the idea. It's supposed to make um, see your, your domain. Your domain is very essential to any business uh, that is online, and which is most businesses today. Uh, There's almost 5 billion people who have access to the internet, um, almost 1.9 billion websites. And there's about 360, 370 million domains registered. Um, But about 160 million out of those 360 are dot coms. So it's very, very unlikely that any new name that you think of for your business, your entity, your blog, very unlikely that the first name that you think of is actually going to be available um so well there's usually one of two possibilities one it's already being owned and somebody's already has their own shop on it uh in which case it's even less likely that you can get it uh you know that if they already have an active business on it you know very unlikely they're going to want to sell it or it might be available in the aftermarket but the price uh might not be within your budget so it's it's a very natural evolution uh you know dot com is saturated you know you can't it's you literally can't find any dictionary word available. If it is, um, um, I believe, unless it's like a two word or a three word, and even in that case, it's very unlikely to be available for a hand registration. So you know, it's very—it's a very natural evolution, very similar to uh, you know, phone numbers. They just used to be four or five digits in the US, but now you have 10 digits because there are more people who require uh, numbers and each number is supposed to be unique. You know, it's, these are all uh, non-fungible, right? You cannot have two people owning the same URL or a phone number. Or, uh, you know, postal codes used to be just two digits. And then eventually zip codes became five digits because there are just so many more, um, you know, zonal areas. And so you need more, uh, um, more digits in your zip code. Uh, so it's the same with uh, domains, you know. If, if there are more and more people coming online, uh, and the idea was never for everybody to be on .com. You know, it you know .com just means commerce. Net means network. They were not supposed to include everyone. Um, so the idea is to not just make domain ownership more easier, accessible. You know, sort of democratize that, but to also organize it in a certain way. So you know, if you're uh, if you're on a lawyer and if you have a law practice, you know, maybe you should consider .law or a dot lawyer, if you're a photographer, maybe dot photography. Uh, it just makes a lot more sense uh, given the context of your business rather than everybody being on a dot So if mm-hmm. you were to think of like a real estate you know analogy, you know, it doesn't make sense for everything to be in one block. You know, you should maybe have businesses together and manufacturing industries together and suburban areas where people are living together. Uh, in a different area. So, you know, it just makes sense to organize um, uh, spaces in a certain way, you know, so that similar kind of businesses are, you know, maybe together.
0: 20 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, when there were just a handful of these, these, you know, these, these names, uh, pretty easy to remember. And and yet, um, I think today, I I get the sense, and you, again, you're in this industry, so you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like we're getting, we're, we're like people, well, let me talk about my own habits. When I want to look for a brewery, I'll just yeah. put in the name of the brewery in Google or Bing or whatever, find it, click on it, go to it. I'm not necessarily, nor are they, you know, I wouldn't go, one of my favorites is Lucky Bucket Brewery. I'm not going to luckybucket.com first. Yeah. I'm just I'm searching for it because of because of the .com problem. Are you guys seeing a shift so for those customers that are buying store or are buying tech? Do do you guys have any way of seeing if people are is it picking up or people actually using it?
1: Yeah, I mean usage is one of our key metrics um of course. Mm-hmm. Um in fact uh, with dot store, we have uh, at this point um uh, uh, a bunch of uh, artists and celebrities and uh, YouTube personalities that are all using Dot Store for their merchandise stores. Um, so eventually, we want Dot Store to become the de facto extension for if you have an e-commerce website or a merchandise store to become a de facto, um, uh, you know, extension. Um, so if you look at um, the official stores for Jay Z, for Rihanna, for Shakira. Maroon 5, Leonard Scannard, Jimmy uh, mm-hmm. Hendricks, they're all on a dot store, actually. So if you just Google Rihanna store, uh, you know, the second or the third result is going to be uh, you know, Rihanna dot store. Her original, uh, or, or her uh, previous URL might have been something longer, you know, um, uh, you know, Rihanna, you know, um, artist something.com because maybe somebody else just took uh, Rihanna because, you know, that's the first name. Somebody else uh, could have also just registered it a while back. Uh, But yeah, so the idea here is that the more stores that you have on on .store, the more Google is also going to be cognizant of that. So Google as a search engine, it treats all extensions equally. It doesn't discriminate. But of course, the kind of websites that are going to be on that extension are eventually going to uh, make a difference in uh, what kind of results you see. So, uh, you know, there's a reason that uh, you would always trust Uh, an organization that is on a .edu because you know that they are always going to be a legitimate a college or a school or you know some sort of an entity that is a reliable uh, educational institute because they don't you can't register a .edu unless you're one of those Um, and so anytime that you search for say like a Georgia Tech or a North Carolina one of the top results that you see would be the .edu which would be that university uh, in the same way, if your intent is to purchase uh, goods or merchandise, it's likely that over time, you're likely to see the dot store uh, as the top results. Because, you know, the Google algorithm is is going to start taking that into account. Or because there just be so many stores.
0: With dot store, are you guys doing some validation or checking that it's? It's not some some scammer setting up a store. I mean, is there some of those things that go on with that?
1: We do, we do. No, absolutely. That's something that we do very really proactively. We have an in-house uh, anti-abuse team, and so we, anytime there is a complaint, or proactively, if you find out that there are uh, you know scammers or phishing websites or anyone who's any. Any trademark infringements that are very obvious, uh, we you know, we take them down. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine balance because you don't want to infringe upon legitimate users. Uh, but any time that the use violates the terms of, uh, uh, you know, either the term that the registrar has with that registrant or some, you know, basic requirements that you're supposed to um, uh, you know, be following when putting up a website or content out there. Uh, we do take it down, uh, which is with the same intent. We want to make sure that our namespace is secure, is reliable, you can trust it. Uh, again, you know, you don't want to be. There's a reason a lot of just businesses don't use a .biz, even though you know .biz is supposed to imply a business. Or you don't see a lot of right. entities on a .info, you know, because it just ended up being used by uh, so many of these, uh, uh, you know, sort of scanny users that you know people just don't rely on them anymore.
0: Uh, Brian asked a good question. Uh, Are there any of these newer website suffixes blocked? Or have you had any issues with the, you just kind of mentioned that some of these .biz, for the stuff that you guys are working with, you have to actively kind of monitor it to make sure other organizations aren't blocking it for whatever reason?
1: Yes, we have to. And there's a, uh, just like there is ICANN, there's a, there's an entity that actually also helps do this uh to promote sort of fair usage to make sure that no extension is being discriminated against unless there is you know grounds for that so there are certain spam filters which might catch certain extensions if there are a lot of uh a lot of websites that are on that extension tend to have a lot of spam abuse uh registrations so those can get uh you know blocked in in spam filters but we actively try and make sure that we are not and our extension is not one of those
0: if if I did say I did purchase the site, I, I bought a dot, Jim Collison Bot dot Store, and I was having problems with it. Would that would that support come to you guys to to rectify, or does that go to my the domain registrar first and it routes through? How does that How does that work usually?
1: Generally, the first point of contact for the customer is the domain registrar. Okay. The, you know, the customer might not even know that there is an entity like us also. You know, uh, working. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the back. Uh, but yes, the, the domain registrar can also raise that issue with us. Uh, like I said, we have a team that actively looks into this. But generally, this is not a problem. Uh, we try and make sure that we are proactively uh, you know, ensuring that our customers don't face this issue with our extensions. OK. Yeah.
0: Uh, Brian asked another good question. And I was going to I was kind of getting to this. He said recently when I'm looking up a business, I've used the Maps app. Often now people are doing location based searches. In other words, they're not. Mm-hmm they're going to the map and they're saying, and I just did this, we were out of town. And I was like, I wonder what there is to eat around here. And I didn't yep. search for it. I went to the map and blew it out to see the restaurants that were around the area. Yep. Certainly that circumvents, you know, domain, domain names, right? I'm, cl- I'm and, and I would think with the, the importance of the App Store, both in Android and on iPhone, that eventually maybe these domains become less important. Are you seeing any of that or are the apps cutting in on the space at all?
1: Um, I think this question does get sort of, um, um, there's been a lot of, I guess, discussion within the industry also about this. Ultimately, I don't think that will really ever happen for various reasons. A, I don't think we're going to switch from, you know, websites to just apps. And a domain name is more than just, uh, you know, just typing in that URL. Uh, you know, there's many unique ways that you can use it. Um, I was reading, uh, you know, Balaji Srinivasan, uh, who's the ex of Coinbase, very uh, popular guy on Twitter. Uh, he just published a book called The Network State, and each of his chapters actually also has a URL, so you can sort of type that in, and you go straight to that page on Kindle. Uh, just something that I just came across a couple of days ago. But uh, I think one of the main reasons people still prefer having their own website or their own domain. Is it gives a lot more autonomy on on what you have there. You know, you're not building on somebody else's property. Uh, ultimately, if you're on the app store, you know there are certain gatekeepers. In this case, there's a certain duopoly, and you guys have all heard of cases where you know uh, things don't go down as well with Apple. They want to take a certain cut, and then you have to find a ways to circumvent that, uh, or they might just decide to take your app out of the app store. So at, at you know beyond a certain level, things are aren't really in your control. Or for example, if you just have a store that markets on Instagram or Facebook and you're relying heavily on them for traffic or finding new customers, but then they make certain policy changes uh, and then that could completely wreak havoc on, the, you know, the, the kind of visits that you're getting or the amounts that you're spending in order to get customers. Uh, so the thing with domains is ultimately you sort of own that land. You know, nobody can, as long as you're paying that renewal fee and you're not doing something absurdly illegal with it. Uh, it's very unlikely that somebody is going to take that away from you. That you know, it's not that easy for uh, that to happen. Um, uh, you know, it, it took more time uh, for Elon Musk to get the domain tesla.com than it took him to actually launch the first uh, Roadster <laughs> or the Model 3, because somebody owned Tesla, and yeah. you know, you despite despite how much money you throw at them, you can't just uh, you know assert that domain unless you know you have very legitimate reasons to do that. So if I was to own Tesla, and if I wanted to operate a blog on tesla.com, uh, and or talk about Nikola Tesla and his inventions, I had all the rights to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. He, 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 and I could get a lot of traffic from Tesla, so as long as I'm not monetizing it in such a way that I'm harming their brand. Uh, so you know, essentially doing anything illegal, I still have a lot more autonomy over that domain. So I think that's one of the reasons that control. Uh, You know, owning your own audience in you know, not having this gatekeeper or this third entity that's sort of, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the conduit of uh, people coming to you. Having a lot more information, you know, where your audience is coming from, uh, you know, directly engaging with them. Uh, So, you know, I I think that's something that's very unique to having your own website and your own domain.
0: What about in the personal space? So since I started looking, jimcollison.com has been taken by some realtor yeah. in Washington State. And yeah. I, I keep, I, I keep, uh, you know, I've got a thing set up so that if he ever doesn't pay it, right, I go, I can yeah, go in and yeah, snag yeah, it and yeah. some of those other. But he's, he's pretty reliable and he pays his bills. And yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to get jimcollison.com. As you think uh, in, 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 you know, as you think about this space, how important is a personal web space? Like, how important is it for me to have Jim Collison my name? You know, I have the theaverageguy.tv, but that's kind of yeah. the network brand, so to speak. It's not my brand. How important do you think it is that I have Jim Collison.tech or Jim Collison.site? What What, what do you yeah. think about personal sites?
1: I mean, I I think everybody should have a personal site. For one, uh, if nothing else, you could just take that name and you know redirect it to your LinkedIn. There's absolutely no harm in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the easiest thing you could do. Um, it also depends uh, on if you're a public figure, you know, if you're an entity that's trying to create a personal brand, then, you know, then it's a no brainer. You absolutely must have it. Uh, you can create like a link in bio on that, you know, you can post links to your social, your blog, your website, maybe have some info about yourself. Um, but it's one of the easiest ways to sort of put yourself out there. You know, a lot of people have their CVs there. Um, you know, a uh, lot of people who use Notion, for example, uh, and have some notes that have some information about themselves and want to publish it online. You know, you can Notion allows you to do that. Interestingly, interestingly, they use Notion.site for that. So you know, you could you could publish you know you can publish this for free. Uh, so it's a subdomain on Notion, so you don't have to pay for it separately. You don't have to pay for hosting or the domain also for it. Sort of like WordPress blogs. Uh, but yeah, I think it's very important to have that. Um, it can also it also depends on how sort of seriously you want to get taken, you know, you what sort of authority uh, does your domain, um, um, you know, does it, does it, it, it can border on maybe vanity. But I think more than that, it's usually how serious you are uh, about your brand or as a person. You'll notice that a lot of celebrities or a lot of, you know, people will actually sometimes use an even shorter, like a domain hack. You know, so they will use like the last two letters of, uh, uh, of like a country code, you know, um, right. Right. And, and maybe their name in the in the first few letters. So like Naval, for example, I, I believe has nav.al, you know. So, um, but, you know, just looking at that name, you know that this has to be somebody who's obviously big enough or famous enough uh, or has enough followers that they would, you know, own uh, an entity like that. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have the .com, I think that's completely all right. In fact, that's a if you have a common first name and a last name, it's very unlikely that the .com is going to be available. Yeah. Uh, which is why there are a lot more extensions now, which are a lot more suitable for a personal uh, branded website. You know, there are a lot of people who use .dot online. Um, a lot of people who use .dot space uh, for this reason. A lot of people who mm-hmm. use .dot site, and these yeah. are these are three just from our portfolio. Um, you know, .dot me used to be very popular. Um, mm-hmm. at this time.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh I think even Jim Collison dot me at this point is taken, but yeah. tech dot uh, tech is available. Like I said, online is available. Store is available. Those are the three uh that, that come to mind. What would you, you, you've known me for an hour, not even that, let's just say 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah but you know, I have a podcast, you know, I, I might have some merch, not a lot though, you know, but I'm, I'm a YouTube influencer. I might have that. What would you what would you recommend for a guy like me? Like what should if I was gonna snag some of these, what should I snag?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for you to own multiple extensions also, you know, it can depend on the end use. So a lot of brands do that. Like the Emirates the Airline has emirates.com, which is the corporate website, but then emirates.store is their merchandise store. Or Viacom has, you know, Viacom.com, but then Viacom.tech is their tech. Uh, sort of website where they talk about, you know, uh, the technology behind their companies and so on. Um, you know, Airbnb has Airbnb.design. Uh, so there's a, a lot of companies would use .tech, for example, to talk about a lot of their development work and, um, and so on. So I think in your case, um, you could consider possibly, there's a .audio, I don't know how much, uh, if that sounds uh, interesting. Um, but yeah, if you have a merch store, I think a .store is is very obvious. Uh, even Netflix has one. Netflix has a, a dot shop so um so you know this is it's it's becoming increasingly common for companies to separate uh you know uh depending on the end use of that domain uh, and and you know maybe have multiple uh, domains rather than having like a subdirectory or a subdomain um, I think dot TV is pretty cool for what you're doing
0: yeah it worked it, um, I got it early yeah. i that was a Leo Laporte. he had he had a twit.tv. And I thought, I, I didn't know it was a country. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was like for, that was supposed to be for, like, media. So I just bought that, thinking that there only about later. There is dot media,
1: there is dot press. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then dot tech, just because you do have a, it's primarily a tech, uh, uh, you know, podcast. Uh, we do have a lot of podcasts on uh there's, there's a Miami podcast that is on a dot tech. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, YouTube folks that are essentially um you could think of them as podcasters. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. I yeah. think um yes yeah, so they are using a dot tech. But again, so if you are uh if if the content that you're producing is primarily related to tech it makes a lot of sense for you to be on yeah. a dot tech. Yeah.
0: Yeah dot audio is available but it's $175 a year. So whoever owns dot audio it's pretty expensive. I mean that's way yeah. way more um uh than than you guys are charging um for that. Does, and you may have said this earlier and I may not just have heard it the, the way I want it I wanted to, but does Google direct traffic based on the extension so if it has a dot audio extension or if it has a dot store ex- extension, does it because you know Google does all these fancy things with bringing up maps and it's kind of intuitive that way are they doing anything smart on their end to help where the extension would mean more than just an address?
1: Um, and one example I can think of is, uh, you, you mentioned Google, uh, you know, stores you know, showing up on the map right, and then right. you can, you can yeah. so Google has something called as Google My Business, GNB where uh, what they've essentially done is they use a domain called business.site. Um, so they acquired it from us, actually, and it's a great generic name. Um, and so if you're an entity, if you have a store or anything that's listed on Google, you get a free one-page website. Uh, which is a subdomain on a .business So there are now millions of such mm. one-page websites, and all it does is you don't have to put in any dev effort. You don't even have to be familiar with like the UI of a website builder. It just pulls out information that it already has, like your address, your location, like a brief description, maybe some photos, uh, and just creates like a one-page website. And what it basically does is makes it a lot easier for that URL to be used by that business. So I've seen a lot of people use it in their, you know, WhatsApp, uh, you know, stat, you know, like the, the status of their chats or so, you know, you can, you can sort of just go there and then essentially it's like a website where you will find all that information without them having to do anything like buying a domain or, you know, purchase hosting or having to create a website or using a website builder. So I know that they, you know, Google also wants to enable small businesses as much as possible. Uh, I know that's one way that they have done this. Um, um, but I'm, I'm sure there are other ways that they're probably using domains also. Um, I know that, I mean, they, 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 some of the extensions that they use themselves, like a .new, they have very interesting ways that I think a lot of people aren't familiar with. You can, I believe you can type sheet.new and it'll just open up like a new Google Sheet. Uh, so it's also domains are also used as a shortener. So you know a lot of times you'll notice that a lot of companies use a shortener like a you know like a dot for like Twitter. Um, or so if you don't want like a generic uh, you know um, branded shortener like a Bitly, but you want like a like a custom branded shortener, uh, you know you can use like a you know like a like a g dot uh, tech. Uh, you know could be like a shortener for geeks
0: tech uh podcast yeah yeah no that's well certainly with there being less competition i can get some of the shorter you know i have homegadgetgeeks.com so yeah. i own i was fortunate to get that one but it's still pretty long like you know so homegadgetgeeks.com yeah. oh i spelled yeah. geeks wrong you know whatever right um and so that, you know, I could put HGG dot I could I don't know if it's available, but I could do yeah. HGG dot tech,
1: make it exactly. and make so, it look li- so, so some of our most popular so I in Radix I actually manage what we call our premium portfolio. So again, so it's sort of like real estate. The more valuable some entity is, the more expensive it is likely to be. So mm-hmm. some of the names which are very generic, uh, something like a business.site or a magazine.store. Uh, you know, these are these cost more than a standard domain does. So it could be a few thousand uh, dollars. Some of them go into six figures and seven figures. Um, you know, with .com, you have seven-figure sales happening every other week. Uh, a lot of them are not publicly disclosed, so you might not even find out about them. Uh, but there are there are plenty of them uh, that are um, owned by known public companies as well. Um, but um, the most popular premium domains that we sell in our extensions are our short letters, so yeah. two character, three character, four character. More than half of our premium domains are four characters or less, and that's because again, the shorter the domain, the more easier it is to remember, the more memorable it is, uh, the better it looks on a business card, you know, uh, the less likely somebody is to forget it. Uh, it's more likely to be uh, an English word, and you know, all of these characteristics are what make a domain premium and it's very unlikely that you can afford a domain of your choice in a dot com that is you know going to be three or four letters yeah. and it's going to be at least 100 200k for any domain that's an english word and that's four letters yeah.
0: this is the first time i've seen or heard this idea of tiered pricing on this i know it's existed yeah. but so hgg.site uh 379 yeah. 379 let's say yeah. 380 um hgg.online 380 so Again, these are very simplified, yeah. you know, they're very simplified sites. And imagine they're expecting the, the um, you know, they're expecting the, the demand to be able to a little bit higher, right?
1: Well, I mean, the idea with offering this at the tier price is also not to charge a higher upfront fee. So rather than maybe charging you $5,000 upfront, which might seem like a... a you know, if you're just starting out and you're not sure how things will work out or, uh, you know, you maybe you haven't raised funding yet, you, it's probably a lower risk for you to spend at three seventy bucks right now. And then if things go well, you would be okay with just paying that annual fee, right? It's sort of like a SaaS subscription. Uh, you don't want to pay Microsoft like $20,000 up front or Amazon, you know, $50,000 upfront for your needs. You'd rather pay them basis your need and, you know, as in how the business uh, works out so that's the idea behind our pricing model also. So you know, if we think that the domain is worth maybe like a few thousand dollars, we priced it at you know three hundred dollars uh, as an annual fee. So it's to make it sort of easier for end users.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hgg.shop is twenty six hundred dollars, but yeah Hgg.studio ninety dollars. So that would really be awesome. you know, if I was if I was looking for in that actually that kind of makes sense, right? The Home Gadget Geek Studio. It's a little bit different branding. You know, I did this weird thing because I did a podcast network. So I had the average guy dot TV network. And then we put shows underneath it. And Home Gadget Geeks just happened to be one of those. But yeah, hgg.studio, not, not a bad way, uh, you know, maybe not a bad way to go if I'm thinking about trying to get a shorter domain, you know, to make it work. Yeah. Homegadgetgeeks.com, I've got that. So that works out. That part works out pretty well. Yeah. When As we look, Karn, as we look ahead to the future, what are you guys thinking about for the future? And maybe even in in the IoT space or in, v, in virtual reality in that space, these are two emerging, you know, technologies that are coming. Are you guys, are, are, is there anything that you're looking for or looking at ahead as we think of these emerging technologies? Uh,
1: definitely. So those, uh, um, the, Nft and crypto and blockchain uh, and IoT space is actually among the most popular in terms of keywords uh, that are being registered in domains so some of the highest selling keywords have all been uh, you know from these uh, sort of areas um, and because it, it, there's, part of the reason is also because these industries, I guess also understand and appreciate digital assets maybe a little more. So they are more likely to adopt them and more likely to spend on them. And they understand that this is an investment, you know, in your brand. And and they probably rely a lot more on their online identity rather than their offline. Uh, you know, they're not brick and mortar sort of uh, companies. Um, so that's there's definitely been an upswing over there, just like there has been an upswing in e-commerce because of the pandemic. You know, the adoption just... Went up in in two months. Then it you know more so than it did in like the five last five ten years. Um, so it's changing the game a lot. Um, I think one thing that will never change is it's always going to be about you know location location location. So you know if your shop is on uh, on the Fifth Avenue, you're always going to get more football. So good names will always uh, do better. It'll always be easier to do business rather than longer names or difficult to remember names. Um, Something else that might change is uh, just the way, I guess, it, you know, uh, domains are offered. So, uh, you know, we use the domain name system, which is sort of like the phone book of the internet, which comes with certain uh, sort of reliability and there are certain systems in place. But then there are also NFT domains, which are built on smart contracts on public domains, uh, public blockchains. Uh, so something uh, you might have seen this on a lot of, uh, a lot of Twitter users, a lot of tech folks, especially using .eth, uh, so that's an Ethereum uh, name service. Uh, so these are basically decentralized outside the DNS. So there's no organization like ICANN behind it to sort of ensure safety of, like, against trademark infringement and so on. Uh, you know, there are handshake domains, which is again a peer-to-peer network uh, and the ownership is linked to uh, a blockchain key. So again, there's no who is ownership, so you know, there's no, there's no registration record.
0: Centralization, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, there are certain advantages for for it, but it's too soon to tell, you know, how this will sort of evolve. Um, but the idea is the same. You know, domain names were designed so that people don't have to remember like a long numeric IP address for websites. So, similarly, people yeah. right now are using their ether, uh, you know, .eth names uh, for their crypto wallets. So, uh, you know, that's just one way that they're using it. But it's a little too soon to tell how this might, uh, you know, change uh, over time as adoption sort of increases and, um, you know, just um, becomes a little more mainstream.
0: Yeah, there's never been anything nefarious going on in the uh, in the crypto space that, you know, we would need to worry about or any of those kinds of things. Uh, you know, I we've talked about crypto on the show a lot. And, um, you know, it's kind of it's it's worse than the wild, wild west in a, in a lot of ways. So it always, you know, those always decentralized things, you kind of think, oh yeah, this should work in history is not (laughs) in its favor, uh, in a lot of ways around that. So it's a, it's a tough choice. Anything Karn, Thanks. I I do want to thank you for your time, but anything else I didn't ask or I didn't cover that's important in this space before I let you get back to, uh, maybe taking a nap before work starts today.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would recommend anybody who's serious about their presence online. Uh, you know, you don't think about domains until the time that you are about to sort of launch that business. And you know, there's this running joke on Twitter that there are these serial entrepreneurs who end up acquiring like a lot of names for each of their ideas, and they may not always end up doing something with it. So, it you know, domains have to do a lot with, you know, having ideas and, you know, having these... Uh, uh, you know you want to put something out there and you know you you probably need to get a domain. so it's always good to be a little proactive about this to be a little creative about it and now that you have all these new choices, it makes a lot of what more sense to maybe spend a little time and understand which domain extension probably fits you best and maybe do a little research about you know what other companies and entities are using that extension uh, is that going to benefit you uh, in some way over the others would that help you? Stand out, you know, um, would you rather be just like everybody else who's like a doc, on a dot com or dot net, or would you rather be, you know, like on a dot space? So, uh, which could be pretty cool. So, um, I think it's it's still very early stages, like you said, even though it's been six, seven, eight years, uh, you know, new extensions only have about six, seven percent of the share, but it's an increasingly growing share of the pie. Uh, you know, you'll see more and more like buy combinator startups that are now switching to uh new extensions uh you know uh, a lot more of them are you know taking up like a dot io or a dot core or a dot uh xyz or a dot tech or a dot network and so on uh less less than like 50 percent of them in the last two batches were on a dot com so you know startups are usually at the forefront of adopting these but then you know they're just uh probably a little ahead of the uh curve over there so um I think as more and more people become familiar with them, and that's one of the things that we are trying to do. I think they'll become more mainstream, and and with the generations that sort of come after us, it's just going to be uh, to them. They're not going to be encumbered with the knowledge of you know having one extension just for 20, 30 years, and then these becoming new. For them, these are all just going to be uh, you know around at the same time. So uh, you know they may they may come with a very different mindset than than probably you and I had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always changing. You never know. You know, it's just always, you think, uh, just just recently, you know, VR has been around for a while, but it's really begun to take off in some spaces. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, my kids are talking about it. I'm like, well, maybe I do need to get a headset. And maybe I do need to start thinking about this just from a, you know, from even from a podcasting space. How would I podcast different if I started podcasting into VR first, right? Or, in addition to it, right? What, what could that, what could that look like? If folks wanted to follow you or get in touch with you or a conversation, how, what's the best way to, what's the best way to, to, to do that for you?
1: Uh, I mean, you can reach me on my email, at um, again, garden at radix.email. Again, that email is not one of ours, but yes, we use it because it makes a lot of sense with, yeah. uh, with the email. I mean, I'd never get blocked. So for, for some of the people who are in the same, you know, our, our, uh, Corporate uh, address is on a dot website, Varyx website, and our emails are on dot email, so current at radix.email yeah. And I'm also on social media, so on you know Twitter, Instagram. It's a it's a rather unique name, so wouldn't be yeah. difficult to find you.
0: J J A is that right? J A J O O right? Is your last yeah. name? Did I spell yeah. that right? Okay, yeah. yeah. K A R N. I tracked you down on LinkedIn. So when you wake up in the morning. You can uh, you can connect to me on LinkedIn and we'll,
1: good. We'll yeah. I mean, happy to help you with any domain needs, any anything yeah. that you might need some advice. With. I mean, it's a niche industry and it's a yeah. it's, it's actually a fairly tight knit industry. Like everybody knows everyone. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm always happy to help friends and you know people who might need some advice on what domain to get, if it's a fair price, you know what else can I consider? Is this representing my business well? If I want to expand to some other things, you know, should I consider getting these? for, you know, defense, yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't want to use it, but just for brand protection. So, you know, uh, yeah, happy to
0: help. Anything. Always, always great to know. I do a Saturday morning podcast called Ask the Podcast Coach. And we chat with podcasters, all, you know, all around the world. This domain idea comes up from time to time. So I feel like I'm a little better educated now because I spend some time with you and have maybe something new to talk about. So Karin, thanks for coming on, and and uh, thanks for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Great having you as a guest. We'll get you back to bed so that you can, thanks for waking up at 4 in the morning for me, and I appreciate it. Keep Dubai safe for us as well.
1: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. To be All right, here.
0: Take care. Have a great morning Bye. and a great Friday. You bet. Take care. Big thanks to Karn for coming on and having that conversation with us from Dubai, and uh, always great just an interesting topic that that uh, I found through one of the the podcast channels, and I thought, you know, we haven't had a discussion on domains in a while. This should be a good this would be a good topic to talk about. I hope you've uh, enjoyed it. Uh, John John Big says in the chat, I'm going to buy all the uh, a dot or dot uh, a Rayner extensions and auction them off. And uh, Tony pretty quickly says that yeah, probably not the greatest investment. But you you know you guys all know those people right who have thirty or maybe you don't, but I do that if 30 or 40 domains i think dave McCabe used to be one of these guys that would have an idea he'd buy the domain right i mean and uh, that ha- that bug hasn't bit me i think i've owned maybe 6 in any given time the average guy.tv the average guy.me i've had i think i had jim Collison at Emmy at one point but not not necessarily a lot of domains uh that i've purchased but i've always had some question about these extensions and so uh excited to uh, excited to get some uh, to get some information around him and be able to to chat. So, Karn, again, thanks for coming on uh, and 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 very well done. Thanks for for being our guest. Uh, a couple of reminders going forward. Uh, one, we, I think we have a guest coming back next week, um, Ekarsh, who has got that whole home uh, audio speaker setup uh, that we're going to take a look at. He had been on oh a month or two ago, and uh, and then uh, had an internet fail here and it didn't work. Uh, So he's coming back. Dan LeFebvre is coming. Dan's a friend of the show and actually supporter on Ask the Podcast Coach. Dan's going to come on. We're going to have a good chat. We're going to talk about wine the week after that. I've got a wine expert coming on who's also a gadget geek. We're going to talk a little bit about that space. So, you know, we've had Cody, uh, Cody Wheat on before and talking about it, but um, got a special guest coming in that you haven't met before for that. And then the week after that, the 18th of August, Aaron Lawrence is back to chat, And the week after that, Mike Weger is back. No, just for a week. Just for a week. Don't, don't get too excited. But Weger will be, uh, will be back. And uh, he's, he's done some things and uh, wanted to catch up with us. And you know, he's coming back on to do it. So we're excited to have him back, uh, back in the seat, at least chat, chatting with us. John says, Wine Gadgets will be interesting. I think so. I think so. It'll be be in a nursing conversation uh, going forward. Big thanks to Christian over there at uh, Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting. Speaking, if you're going to get some domains, you need some hosting for it, right? And you should get some domains. If you don't have one, you should have one. Like, just do this. Go to Hover.com. I wonder if I have a code for that. I wonder if I have that thing. I think I do. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Hover. So do that. So go back. <laughs> go to TheAverageGuy.tv slash Hover. Search for your name and see what comes up. And maybe one of these, you know, one of these dot online dot website dot site dot space dot store dot tech. Maybe one of those of the ten, there's ten of them. Uh will show up. It'd be interesting to see what you get. What what would be interesting? Do you if you find an interesting one? Send me an email, Jim at the average or you can drop it down there in, uh, in, on YouTube comments. If you're not going to buy it, definitely drop it down there. Cause you're not worried about somebody snagging it. Like John is going to snag Tony's sites, but um, uh, check it out. Anyways, get secure, reliable, high speed. After you find the domain, then get with Christian. MapleGrovePartners.com. Plan start as little as $10. So set up a sweet WordPress site for you. And you can kind of, if you've never done a site for yourself. Maybe now is the time to get it done. Maybe now is the time. What are you waiting for? MapleGrovePartners.com. Again, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Hover. If you want to join us on Discord, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. By the way, lots of great conversation, not very much spam, not a lot, but just enough. So if you're looking for a group that's the, in the Goldilocks zone, not too much, not too little, but just right, join us in the Discord group. And uh, we'd love to have you um, out there doing that uh, with us. And uh, I think theaverageguy.tv/patreon. If you want to join us as a Patreon supporter, and if you made it all the way to this point, why wouldn't you? I got a plan for five bucks. Just helps, helps kind of you know do some things around here to keep things rolling <laughs> there. And uh, and Justin, don't spam the Discord. No, he won't. I know. I'm sure he won't. But go to the cigar spot, Justin. You can spam the cigar area of the. Oh, I have to darn. I put it away. I got a sweet cigar that uh, I could have shown. I've never seen one like this. It's pretty sweet, but maybe next week we'll, we'll bring it up. We are live. Uh, and, in Joe uh, Weger said he'd come back. He did say he'd come back from time to time. I can't get him every week because he's, you know, spending time with his family and those kinds of things. But uh, he will be back from time to time. And so it's good. I miss him. It'll be good to have him back. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at TheAverageGuy.tv slash live. I am trying to kind of, when we have guests like this, I'm trying to shorten these up a little bit just so we don't keep guests for forever. Um, and, and so uh, uh, if you haven't come out and joined us live, if you're listening to the recorded version of this, and you're like, oh, it's too long live. Well, come on. It's not always that long. We're under an hour tonight. Come out and join us. Love to have you up and love to see you. And uh, we'll be back next week. So come out to theaverageguide.tk slash live Thursday, 8 p.m. Central. Get it done. Have a good evening. With that, we'll say goodbye.